0: Welcome back to the Film Experience. I'm your host, Nathaniel Rogers. Uh, each month on the SmackDown, which is our special event, we look at back at uh, specific Oscar vintages, and we invite a panel of film critics and industry members and such to discuss. Uh, this time we're doing 1998. 1998 was the year of Shakespeare in Love versus Saving Private Ryan. That was the headline battle, but we're discussing the Best Supporting Actress race as a window into that year's Oscars. Here we go.
1: The nominees, I'm here to honor five extraordinary women for their performance in a supporting role. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actress are... Kathy
0: Bates in Primary Primary Colors. Brenda Blathom in Little
1: Boys. Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love. Rachel Griffith in Hillary and Jackie.
0: Lynn Redway in Gods and Monsters. And now let's welcome our panel. DJ Rob Champion.
2: I want to thank you for, first of all, having me on here. And secondly, I want to thank you because initially this uh, podcast was supposed to be recorded on June 19th. And we pushed it back. So thank you for not making me talk about these painfully white movies (laughs) on Juneteenth. uh, It's it's really nice. I don't have to talk about uh, 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 Shirley Bassey Oppression by Lil' Voice on that day. Very nice. DJ Rob runs the podcast Cooler Than Ecto. Sure do.
0: (laughs) And then we have illustrator, animator Dashiell Silva.
3: Hello, animator, illustrator mix of everything um currently a location designer for a netflix tv show an animated tv show and uh uh yeah i'm excited to get into all these choice films
0: and uh we have varieties janelle riley
4: yes my name has been legally changed to varieties (laughs) janelle riley um uh yeah i'm primarily a playwright in la so things have been pretty quiet um over the last year as you can imagine but we're starting to pick back up so i'm excited about that And, uh, yeah, normally I I, I do a lot of hosting for um, various Q&As around town, so I'm so excited that someone else is going to be asking the questions.
0: And we have the actor-writer, Mitch Sopa. Welcome. Hi. Uh, I'm very excited to be
1: talking about anything Oscar. I've been obsessed with the Oscars since I was a kid, and I have a weird, like, trivia thing where I can uh, uh, tell you who won the Oscar for Best Picture, Actor, and Actress. You ask me, I can tell you, but please don't (laughs) (laughs) don't Um, (laughs) yeah anything oscar
0: related is great to talk about thank you for joining us and uh finally we have returning guest so she gets the honorific of and like judy davis does in shakespeare and love and writer director leslie (laughs) headland
5: judy dench how dare you not judy davis (laughs) um uh hi leslie headland it's so nice to be back on the pod um i've known nathaniel for I think, 17, 18 years now. We met back when I was a Miramax employee. So this will be interesting. Um, I've been running a writer's room over Zoom for my Star Wars Disney Plus series for the past few months. So this is a nice welcome break from uh, a lot of work. So,
0: yeah. And do you you know when that's... Do you have an air date on that yet?
5: Oh, I'm not allowed to tell you. Oh okay. The <laughs> okay. so Mandalorian comes out and, and like, you know, kidnaps me if I if I let if I let go <laughs> any of that
0: <them> <laughs> But you have deadlines, so you're working towards something.
5: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, thank you for joining us. Okay, let's get started. That's all of you. Um, Let's start with Primary Colors. The movie is kind of the epitome of meh.
1: It's just emotionless and and who cares? It's not anything. It's not like funny enough to be funny. It's not dramatic enough to be dramatic. It's just, it feels like it should be Aaron Sorkin wrote it and it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel Aaron Sorkin...
3: Did it, you know that because Alison Janney is in this, Aaron Sorkin spotted her and then cast her in the West Wing?
4: I wondered.
3: That sounds And wow, she, steals, she, steals, she steals her scene, right? Like she's like, yes. she's like the best thing. It's like, oh, you can see her star power. And like, it's just like in a nothing character, like a nothing role.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that moment where she slips on the stairs is so jarring. And like, <laughs> wow, that was amazing.
3: And her recovery and the
0: awkwardness just. Yeah. Mm. And it didn't even look like a stunt double. Like no, no. <laughs> She
2: did it.
4: That movie is not like it thinks that it's really edgy and dark and revealing and shocking and it's just not. It's very very tame.
2: And also this like the current like political climate is like way different i maybe if i watched it in like the 90s or 2000s i would be like this is too cartoony but again living what we live through you're just like okay whatever well the, the
3: <laughs> thing i was reflecting on while watching it is that like obviously you know it's the clintons it's not the clintons but like it's totally the clintons mm-hmm. um and like in the 90s there's like this wave of i'm i'm not american I'm, I'm, or anything like i'm irish and british like mm-hmm. so like american politics to me is like really, I understand it, I have a plane of insight, but parts of the system just seem really baffling, the the scale of it all. Um, I'm American, and same here. <laughs> yeah. In the 90s, once the Clintons were like uh, appearing on the stage, there's this wave of like optimistic 1990s Washington set movies or TV shows. There's like this, there's the American President, there's the West Wing, there's Dave, and like they're all of varying quality, and they're all like trying to do this veneer of like it's a Frank Capra-esque salute to Mr. Smith Goes to Washington but like it's the 90s and they're trying to be biting but like most of them aren't I think this is definitely the lower end of that spectrum like it's just
5: a movie it reminded me a lot of is Bullworth
3: yeah, yeah yeah, same, yeah, yeah,
5: The same kind of like just you know. so misguided, so wrong. Every choice, any other choice than the one you made would have been a stronger choice. But like, yeah, just <laughs> anything different than what
2: you I, just did would be. Yeah, better.
3: I like Bullworth more because like it just goes to a few weirder places. Yeah, obviously bits where you're like going, oh yikes. Warren Beatty is rapping
2: as a as a rap fan no I can't I can't abide by that no Um, no no no. I'm not I'm not defending it
0: (laughs) (laughs) but but that's part of the whole conceit right that he's Mm -hmm. yeah
3: oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. in that movie it's being presented with like uh if you what you're seeing is supposed to be absurd like it's not yeah yeah Yeah,
4: but I think Warren Beatty thinks he's a little cool I I do do. (laughs) yeah I think he can't
3: help himself
4: wasn't it did Bulwark come out the same year
3: yeah same year
4: yeah
2: I, wow. I know that because "Ghetto superstars on that soundtrack, and oh. I forget movie dates. I don't forget soundtrack dates. I tell you that much. Interesting. I will say this in terms of the movie. I will say one thing I really did admire. I was a teenager at the time this all this came out. Black people had this weird attachment to Bill Clinton. I think it really nails like black society's attachment to that politician because we did have this all optimism and then you like look into it and it's like yeah this isn't great and then like at the end of the speech he's like well what are you going to do like someone else is going to win and you're just right. like all right better than a Republican I guess and then you just that's when you shake the hand yep. so I guess that's why I'm not as anxious about I'm not as anti this movie because I think of all the things it gets that right you're, you're right, right. I, at the
4: end I was like it's the anybody but Trump choice that they make yeah i think
5: that that it also is very very uh, that is such a good point rob and i think that like from my perspective the the kind of um uh sexual predator backslash like open misogyny of the movie and the way the movie the way that elaine may just kind of says it do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like and there isn't any he's definitely put in a The character of Jack Stanton is definitely played very sympathetically. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, that stuff is not really sugarcoated. It's very blatant. And it isn't, while it's not forgiven, it's not like, it's not like fully punished either. And I think Mm -hmm. that May was probably coming from the place of like, well, this isn't punished. So why would my movie do that? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, So it was kind of weirdly... Just those little moments, I mean, it it didn't amount to a proper through line, but I think I know what you mean, Rob. It's like those moments you were like, well, at least, yeah, I think at the time it was kind of shocking to be like, oh, someone's actually, you know, you don't see a scene in the West Wing where someone you know, exposes themselves to a coworker. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's like there were at least parts that you were like, yeah, this sucks. This is really mm-hmm. bad. It
3: is, it is confusing because, again, the film, especially towards the end, right, where it's trying to be like, this is real, politics is dirty, but then it ends on this really optimistic note. and it's just, It is very confusing what it's trying to actually say about yeah. the system and stuff. Um, and it doesn't help the fact that everyone's doing, well, three people and four people are doing, like, different levels of performances like Travolta is doing Bill but Emma Thompson has specifically denied that hers is based on Hillary even though like it kind of is but then also how many women have we got to like compare this to in history mm. Um and I Bob Thornton is just doing James Carville and um, I've forgotten the name of the woman that Libby Holden is based on Um but like if you look at photos of what she looks like Kathy Bates is styled exactly like yeah. her yeah like da- down, to, down yeah. to like the mountain with no name outfit and like the, the little fringe and this
0: came out while the clintons were still in office too yeah, so. yeah.
3: bill apparently loved it and he loved it so <laughs> <Yes>. much <laughs> he, did. Okay. Oh, no. he did giant star <laughs> playing well, him. Yeah, it, it, get, it gets even weird it gets weird he loved it so much that he wanted john travolta to come to the white house in character as jack oh, stanton Oh
4: god! and he was only the
3: invitation was only valid if he would come obviously travolta refused and oh, wow. to wait, production. Travolta refused
4: because Travolta suggests yes to everything. I know. So this is something Why, he, you... be... he He well, made wait. the fan, but <laughs> he refused to go to the White
3: House. When you've danced with Diana, Princess Diana at the White House, you know it's like. <laughs> how do you follow I, up that
4: i'm really curious about the lead actor adrian lester who i've seen on stage in by the way there's a lot of brits in this movie playing yeah you know, i but, want to
1: actually comment okay. on that yeah um, I, I felt it was a lot of bad american accents i oh i love, yeah. I, I love emma thompson i think she's am- amazing but when she does an american accent uh, it's so nails on a chalkboard to me yeah. like it's, yeah not in everything when she's I, it's and and him. I didn't know Adrian Lester. I didn't know. I've seen him in things, but I didn't. He was talking. I'm like, is he doing? Is he not American? And I looked it up. I'm like, he's doing an American accent. You can, tell.
2: can yeah, tell. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, all uh actors, especially, just go like this when they want to talk like an American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And There's he's such a dynamic flight.
4: actor, but yeah. I just he's kind of flat in this.
2: Yeah. which surprised
4: me cuz everything I've seen him and he
1: leaps off the screen. Everybody's I, kind of flat in this, I feel. Well, like. and, I think and comedy is a- really
0: hard though, right? That, that that line where it has to be drama and comedy at the same time. Yeah. Is, I, going well, for. I
5: think that the the movie kind of forgot to have a protagonist. Like I think they were like I think it was intended to be Adrian Lester's character and and then they kind of didn't do him a lot of justice. They kind of just had yeah. him reacting to a lot of things, not being super active. And then in my opinion, I think one of the reasons that uh Kathy Bates's performance is both exciting and also kind of a letdown is that she's expected to suddenly give this emotional through line to yes. the movie. It's like yeah. it's like that that thing that you do like right at the end of um it's like, you know, um, the party is kind of petering out, and you just, like, throw on, like, a really great banger of a song, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 oh, no, we still want to leave, we still want
2: to leave. As a DJ, you, that's, that track is normally We Found Love by Rihanna. That's exactly right.
5: She is, she, Kathy Bates is the We Found, we love, found love of yeah. this movie, yeah. and you, you really get into it for a second, and then you're like, oh, no, this movie didn't have a protagonist, like, this is, no. this didn't have a real arc for me to follow, and therefore... I'm not think, sure who I'm supposed to be tracking. It's
1: mm-hmm. like it's it feels emotionally disconnected. This film. So when she, I felt when she, and I think Kathy Bates does a really good job and benefits
3: from the fact oh, that everyone's- She so makes muted. some very bad lines work in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I agree. some really on the nose lesbian old school jokes like 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 that don't work anymore. But whatever at the time, but it's the part where she has the the like the moral dilemma and she's crying in the car feels so false it feels she's doing the it's not even her fault it's just no, exactly like, movies trying to be emotional in a time where like and, and it, when it's not been the whole time so it's so out of joint that I'm, it just feels forced and mm-hmm. i don't buy it and then she when she oh, spoiler alert kills herself but it doesn't feel earned
0: well, yeah, that, that whole thing, I remember that there was some controversy at the time because of, like, kill the gays, like, the trope of, like, oh. movies, like being suicidal oh,
3: or, yep.
0: you know, always yep. dying if they were in TV. And or...
3: she's one of the ones that's based on a real person. Yeah. yeah and who like, is she like, based like, on? Uh, I could look her up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. it someone who's passed?
3: no no but like she's literally the same person did the same thing and had the same relationship with the clintons so it's like she met the clintons back when they were working for mcgovern in 72 like it's it's it really sort of like hammers home the whole like this is totally the clintons even though it's not the Clintons.
0: and including people like dying and then being interpreted as mystery death like i grew up i don't know about the rest of you but i grew up in a very conservative household very republican and um they, you know, everything was about how evil the Clintons were, and
5: mine is still that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, my my my, home, my uh, relatives- It's Very
5: dark. Yeah. Going home is very dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they were always like trying to, you know, say that oh the Clintons had these people killed and these people. Yeah. I mean, it was just crazy talk yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I that I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of gay, even though I'm a gay man, like I wasn't offended, but I was just thinking, oh my parents, if they ever see this, not that they would watch it. They're going to be like, oh, they had her killed. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Never even occurred to me, but now that I say that, I'm like, oh, of
1: course. I thought it too. I thought it too. I I thought Mm -hmm. was
3: so dense that I didn't get that. mm -hmm. that. That would be like an actual film. Like, you That's know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. yeah. I, like I that, wondered
5: it too, but I think it's because I was pitching at that point. I was like, I don't know, maybe they killed her. Maybe this, this is something uh, at the end like,
3: of There was a bit <laughs> near the end. There's a bit near the end. I think it's when they suddenly smash cut and suddenly they're in a plane. And at that point, when I was watching it with my boyfriend, I was like, this is what the film should be. It should be like this Robert Altman esque, like madcap comedy of all these different characters and stuff. And that way it doesn't matter that there's no real protagonist. Kathy Bates is
4: wonderful. I'm a little surprised she won the SAG award. This was a weird year. She won the SAG. Um, wow. Golden Globe went to Lynn Redgrave. And then Judy Dench won the Oscar. Like, every, I, th- I thought yeah. Judy was a this juggernaut a- this season, but she wasn't.
0: Every, yeah. every time that that happens, though, I love it. Because yeah. it's it so predictable. And mm-hmm. the category, thankfully, every once in a while, we have years like that. Like, mm-hmm. this past year, it was sort of going... Well, no, that mm-hmm. was more Best Actress this past year, where it was going going to a different person each time.
2: Yeah.
3: It was it was sort of similar, but but it, the the event when it did become apparent towards the end, I think, once she won the BAFTA, I think.
4: Yeah. Uh oh um the, the grandmother from Minari.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. Won the SAG BAFTA award
4: sealed too, it. Right? She did yes, win the SAG. the Sag It was, it was a Sag, was it was SAG Award followed by yeah. BAFTA. Yeah. Yeah. That one-two punch, I was like, and he yeah. wasn't even
1: nominated for Globes. Glenn Close, was. come on, she's got to win it sometime. I, I, <laughs> yo. I'm, I'm
4: the person who liked Hillbilly Elegy, so. <laughs> I, yo,
2: I, I she, mean, needs to, she needs to get with, uh, like, a Barry Jenkins or a Spike oh. Lee, because after the debut, the, the black people are going to get her to Oscar. Yeah. That's she gets it.
0: Happen. <laughs> um So let's go a complete 180. Hillary and Jackie. Oh, boy. Whereas Primary Colors is trying to be uh, funny, but also serious. Hillary and Jackie is, I guess, the most serious of all these movies. Um, well, it's
4: trying to be. I mean, I, this was something that was big at the time, wasn't it? Kind of the sadness porn where or like suffering and
3: The late, late 90s, people.
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, I love both these actresses in it. it yeah. is, mm-hmm. It's a disappointment.
3: I called her "Whatever happened to Baby Jane, but with classical music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, that would be interesting. Okay, wait, yeah. can I try one? It's yeah. the pia- it's the piano without a piano. I
3: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was also gonna try this I was also gonna try the turning point, but that's a bit too niche. <laughs> I love
4: the turning point. Oh my god, I've heard okay. that reference in years. <laughs>
0: I I was like the only thing I had remembered about this movie, because I did see it when it came out. Um the only thing I remembered was the point of view shots from the cello when when um Emily Watson was doing her like crazy like playing with the cello like it was an actual other actor um and so i was waiting for that the whole movie i was like when did she go mad and start talking to her cello (laughs) and i had totally forgotten that it was like a bifurcated story and that you get the story twice um i think it's actually kind of ambitious yeah yeah
4: it's an interesting idea it is it's just the execution is so banal
1: I have to say I might be alone here. I really like Hillary and Jackie. I I I think it's really interestingly told and it's I I do I thought it worked the the point of views when you see it from Hillary's point of view and then Jackie's point of view. I I got moved by this movie and the thing I that always resonated the thing I only thing I remember about this movie is is uh, Rachel Griffin's uh blowing into the flute and not being able to get enough breath. That that scene always stayed with me that that she okay
4: is. i just watched this last week and i don't even remember that scene <laughs> uh, were-
2: well, i watched <laughs> it yesterday i don't remember that scene <laughs> Same Ooh, with
1: me. i've had auditions like that <laughs> where when i was younger like oh when you're so nervous
0: you can't get the breath and i thought you performed I, that
1: scene so
0: well. <laughs> I, I'm, I might be alone oh no i like the movie too i just think it's more ambitious than it is well executed mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I I never heard of this movie, and I literally thought this was another political movie with Hillary and Jack. Yes, of that, of that, yeah. that that's that's <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: that was the, that was kind of the joke at the time, right? Like that was sort was of it? Sort of okay, I feel like it was, but then again, I I barely remember this movie. I I sent a list to my friend of the movies I was watching, and he's like, "Wait, these are real movies?" He's like, <laughs> "I've never heard of Little Voice. I've never heard. Of them. I'd at least heard of them."
3: Yeah, I would. I guess I'd say some of these movies, particularly Little Voice and The Hill and Jacket, they are a little bit better known in Britain, but like just a teeny bit. Like my dad remembers The um, Hill and Jacket, I'd never heard of it. But like, yeah. And Little Voice is like kind of fondly remembered only because Jane Horrocks, the star, is like in Absolutely Fabulous. Right. Like that's. And
4: the play, I heard the play was really good.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The play, and, and the play and movie are a vehicle for her. So, like, I imagine it's great on stage, doesn't work in a film.
0: Well, yeah, so that's a natural segue. little oh.
4: Oh, I, <laughs> that's, that's all the time we're going to spend on Hillary.
3: Jackie, no, yeah, I love it.
0: We can go back, we can... Okay. I said right one thing spot.
3: about um, Hillary and Jackie, though. I felt that these kids were so blessed to have both Celia Imrie and Charles dance for parents. <laughs> Agreed. yeah Agreed. yeah the Love cast is great He's yeah a
5: really great cast yeah i also i do have a little bit of a soft spot for movies where like music drives you crazy like you know <laughs> like like, like shine or whiplash like yeah there is kind of like i mean i know she has ms but like you know there is this like feeling for the first half of it where you're like oh is it just like her, you know, her talent—that's just driving her cra- Like, you know, there was like kind of this mythologizing of the of the artist, especially like pre-internet. That yeah. that I think we all well, I'll just speak for myself. I really would kind of get swept up, especially as a teenager, by mm-hmm. films like that. Um, whereas now I'm like, oh, this is really sad.
0: exactly <laughs> I'm like,
4: this no, is I was really loved fucked this. up.
5: Yeah, when it came <laughs> out,
4: I don't fault anyone who voted for this because when it came out, I would have eaten it up. I mean, that's what was popular at the time, and now I look at it like as a grown woman, and I'm like, oh, get yourself together. Like, no, when someone I asks
2: know. to sleep with your husband, you, you say no. Yeah, you say what no. the hell was that? I, that, was, that was some shenanigans. And then I thought the movie was going to build up to her standing up to her sister, and then she's just like, oh, she gets a disease, and it's like, oh, so we're going to that trope. Okay, alright. all, right, all right. It just, I a say, story, right. "It's a cute story, right? Well, yeah, but
4: apparently... <laughs> Fans of uh, the um, yeah yeah and, and which is always interesting because it's like people who were friends with um is, is Jackie the character Emily Watson yeah. plays? it's a bit um, mommy
3: dearestish in that like yeah. it's not so much fans it's like there's close friends and stuff and I think it's more to do with like did she or didn't she sleep with her sister's husband and it's kind of like well that doesn't really matter to like her peers it matters more to like what your know, sister says in that respect yeah. I would think. Mm -hmm. yeah i
4: didn't think it was a takedown of jackie at all and i think that hillary has the right to tell her story but of course friends of jackie who you know knew her at her best are probably gonna object
3: although it did
5: feel oddly one-sided though i have to say like not in terms Mm -hmm. of like i certainly had jackie certainly had my sympathy for sure like and i thought it was clever to do um hillary first and then kind of like you know do this bait and switch of like let's villainize this person but i felt like I don't know. The, the setup is so strong. It's it's such a strong concept of, like, you know, what is nature versus nurture, God-given talent versus, like, dedication, like, mm-hmm. what yeah. are the limits of your body versus, you know, what your ambition is, like, the the kind of structure of the movie of, like, bifurcating the two storylines, while it helped with the like I said, like the sympathy for the, for the kind of like more erratic character and the showier role. uh, I I don't know if it really worked. I, I think I just wanted to keep seeing them interact with each other. Like I, I was like, once I understood the context, I was like, great. Now I need to see this challenged in some way. Like, like you said, um, I don't know who said it, but somebody like you just say, no, <laughs> you know, it's like, I do, I do want to see her stand up to her. I do want to see, you know, and it's like, whoops, well, she, The music made her crazy and now her body's falling apart so we have to we have to basically treat her like we did when we were when when she was up it's like I loved how her favoritism affected the other sister but then I wonder if that was ever really kind of completed like the circle of that narrative because then it just became like and then it kept happening you know and it's like I just don't know when you're coming and mommy dears is a good example it's like when you're coming at a biopic like that, and this is a true story, yeah. you, have to, you have to really kind of push into where are we going to create narrative tension where there may not have been much,
0: yeah. you know? And then, yeah, and then like one of the, com- the the resolution of that when she does push back is pushing back by her absence, but how do you dramatize absence? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. yeah, and the that's magazine, she thats what's that tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. when she says like I want to see I want to see Hillary, you're like, who? Oh? like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who you're
3: talking. Yeah. It's been, like I I use the mommy dearest comparison very directly because I was thinking about earlier where like mommy dearest takes place over about thirty eight years, which is far too long a period to have in a single biopic, right? But like Hillary and Jackie, she Jackie died age forty two, and like it's it's like and I'm assuming it starts when they're about like four so it gets a similar amount of time mm-hmm. and similar problems like and I think that they're both co-leads like I don't I think Rachel Griffiths yeah but the problem is because Emily Watson gets to do so much you know like she's naked shrieking in the wood she's fucking her sister's husband mm-hmm. she's develops MS she's doing like there's, there's just so much in it um it means that, that is a lot yeah. Uh, Rachel is just like such a drip by comparison cuz she's just like I'm just going to retire to the home counties and be a mom who works on a farm. Like and that can be obviously a movie. But it means as presenting like a co-lead it's like oh no this is just not as good a part. Yeah. I, mean, I
4: think it- a lot of these movies have serious issues with consent um which you know just stand out more at this time and I I really Absolutely. had an issue yeah, the the husband was as as portrayed in the movie. The husband was not into sleeping with his sister in law,
3: yeah.
4: and uh, yeah, it's just a big
1: ick.
3: Yeah. Did, uh, was anyone else it's confused about with your sister in law with consent? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: I just said I just do not want to let something go by. What Leslie said because I I now my head is spinning about movies it's, as a, there's a genre about movies about music that drive you crazy. I want to now go on a deep dive of
2: movies that do. Well, was it like story. amadeus yes. Um, yes yes yeah
5: there's this when i was a, when i was little and, and you know I, this movie came out when i was 17 so you know i i believe i watched it somewhere around there and in college or something but when, when so when i was younger like in in you know my teens and early 20s that was, like, my jam. <laughs> it's Like, you know, any movie that had somebody, like, losing their mind, oh, my God, I just, you know, I have to play, you know. like <laughs> you know, just, oh, I don't know why. I don't
0: know why. I mean, it's it's the whole, I mean, it is kind of, like, a seductive trope that, like, passion will drive you mad, passion for anything. Sure. Including your
2: art, you know. I mean, that's Morris Scorsese's entire filmography. <laughs> <laughs> It's obsessive people, dudes let's face it, some dudes doing, going insane doing what they needed to do But uh, before we move on, I just want to say Emily Watson does some some of the best shaking acting I've ever seen in my entire life yeah. like just that like she is really going for the Oscar in all, like the last 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> So.
4: she was a
3: huge deal at the time right like she, she was, just yeah. she just done breaking the waves two before and her debut and gone yeah. it was like she's very like she was the moment
5: i i had a i felt like watching it like rachel griffiths is such an incredible actress and we're gonna see that as her career moves on <laughs> and i have to say it's not that i it, she's very good in this movie but and very like i guess you, i would say like serviceable in this role but it's kind of knowing what a great actress she is and knowing what we see her do later, I was just a little, like, underwhelmed by her in the movie, to be honest.
1: I, like, I will say that one of the things I was taken with Rachel Griffith's performance, mm-hmm. and I agree with you, is that she is an actress, and yeah, her character is not as active, but, like, everything, she's so connected to every thought, and it, you, her face, you just, without mugging or anything, you get every single thought, every expression, every feeling that she is going through, and uh, she's she's really great.
3: I don't know if anyone watched the trailer of the movie because like I watched the trailers just to see like how these movies were being marketed at the time. And That's Hilary the credit,
0: and Jackie. I love it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> um, but Hillary and the Hilary Jackie in particular, like every single bit of of like of um of uh, promo material is all just like Jackie, yeah. the biggest cellist in the world, dying of MS, and she's amazing and she's unstable, and and then it's like oh and her sister's there.
4: Like that's felt <laughs> um, a little like that in the movie, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> this because was not a Miramax Weinstein film. Well, it just feels like it, correct? Same with Little Voice. I was like, Little Voice. No, great. it's it's it is a hundred
5: percent though, the the um the mood. The, the the mood and the trend of
2: that era. Um the the Weinstein complex industrial the Weinstein industrial complex that baited like voters in that time period is definitely of I mean, ninety eight is the first great like opening salvo of it, right?
5: Well,
4: the English yeah. patient. English patient. Oh God,
3: yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, always, I... I always forget. Which yeah, I just crane, watched for the, I mean, the first
2: time. Game. Yeah. For the
4: first time?
2: I watched the English Patient for the first time like two weeks ago because I'm doing a 96 show. And man, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know how y'all folks did dash it in the 90s. I <laughs>
5: but there is a, it's, I mean, I don't know if this is a good segue, Nathaniel, but there is this very clear trajectory from 96 to 98 where, you know, the English patient. Wins, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in in this kind of like justifiably or not in this kind of indie film packed year, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a year where literally they're like, we don't care about what the studios are doing. We're we're basically doing this. We're going to reward the most studio version of that,
0: mm-hmm.
5: which yeah. is the English Patient, which really paves the way for Shakespeare and Love to win again two years later. Mm-hmm. It's like it just starts this whole thing. And then even right the year after this with American Beauty, a year, of 1999, that is just chock full of like the most incredible, incendiary, like astonishing, being John Malkovich, Fight Club, The Matrix, and American Beauty wins. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. the, the most studio version of those movies still wins, if that makes
2: yeah. sense. Yeah, Yeah. I, I
1: also would say that the English patient wasn't really an anomaly. I think that's always been the epic Thing. I mean you can yeah. I mean
2: like it went yeah.
3: it was like the last it went Oscar ever. for most producing, yeah that's
5: true that's true. Out like of Africa. Out of Africa, yeah, but
2: I can see how watching English Patient and watching a lot of these movies, I can see how older white upper middle class can eat this shit up because I'm watching English fashion and I'm like this is bored but th- but then it goes to a turn and it gets mad, horny, mad quick, and I'm like, I see how this was the phenomenon yeah. in ninety six like your parents secretly were getting horny to this goddamn film <laughs> well, <laughs>
5: I mean, this is the thing too that was actually brilliant about you know that particular type of packaging of the films was that essentially essentially these distributors, Miramax leading the pack, were going, we're going to pack indie houses, limited release theaters with white middle class audiences. That's you what know. we're going to do. And we're going to do it by exactly what you just what you just said.
2: Yeah, about. your waspy aunt, whatever she's going to love, put that shit in there. And
5: she's going to feel like what a cool mm-hmm. movie I'm going to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is the same stuff we've been doing I mean, that's a really, really good point, Mitch. It's like the same stuff we've been doing. Yeah, yeah. hey,
1: and I remember when that movie was out, there was the whole discussion. People were bored by the movie at that time, and even there was a Seinfeld
3: episode. A great No one
4: has she... sex in a bathtub like that.
3: Stop telling your stupid story about the stupid desert and just die already. <laughs> just
1: die already.
5: actually yeah. do not remember there being as much sex in Shakespeare in Love as there is. I didn't remember There's
1: that. so much sex. Yeah. I, I um, actually don't.
5: I I did not remember. I have not seen that film since I was 17 years old, and I was like, they are doing a lot of fucking in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I don't remember that. Had it, it's easy that.
0: to forget how horny movies used to be because they're so asexual now. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. But and it um, come at a turn. It literally is like, oh, this wholesome movie about Shakespeare or some motherfucker in a cave, and then it's just like, we're gonna be horny for like 20 minutes. <laughs> 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 and then that's how you get an oscar <laughs> so yeah
0: well i mean the the thing is that, that you're all talking about that's the same stuff we've been doing the most studio version of it i mean the indies like had that window mm-hmm. where if the studios aren't going to make these movies anymore we're going to make them
2: yeah mm-hmm. and
0: so you know you can see that with i mean with dramas in general and with historical things and costume any anything that is prestige is the Mm -hmm. Indies filling in for what the studios used to do. Mm -hmm.
1: Or something from England.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, no, it's
5: true. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of buying up foreign films from festivals and then giving, you know, and basically the only spend, because they were already made, the Mm -hmm. only spend is really the PNA cost at the time, you know, which if you already have a monopoly on those theaters, doesn't really put a dent in your overhead. (laughs)
4: Leslie (laughs) talks like a former Miramax employee. (laughs) I'm
5: I'm telling you, there was, um, you know, this real kind of astonishment that this, that this had worked. Do you know what I mean? Like in the same way that now I think, I mean, obviously it's on a completely different level, but I think the way that Hollywood now is going, how is Marvel doing that? How is Marvel doing that? You know, like Mm -hmm. that was, The same vibe in the late 90s, early 2000s for Miramax. It was just how do we do that? How do we do that? Can we start a Miramax? Like, can we buy Miramax? We're Disney. We're going to buy it. You know, like it was the same kind of panic of just like how have they how have they cracked this particular algorithm? This
3: when you get this when you get like a lot of like studios having their like indie. Labels where like Paramount Vantage and Fox Searchlights and all yeah, that and it's like Sony it's like, Picture Classics. Yeah, um, and like it's like it's affecting being indie, but like it's still owned by a mainstream studio. Like I know that yeah. it's catering yeah. a different line, but like mm-hmm. you're still the studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, but, I, that, but that said, I mean, Shakespeare in Love is often discussed in, in as part of that whole as like sort of the ap- apotheosis of, of all that, like the the heyday of Miramax. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, um. I think it's a really good movie, though. I, really I don't like it. It's I, like, I, like, I really it. like it. I really like it.
4: I really like it. It's
0: like so yeah. luminous and funny. It, and I think
4: it deserves to win, and especially so looking well at written. all this, this sadness, you know, yeah, parade. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad it did.
0: Like, I, I'm, I was shocked watching it again at how much I had forgotten it, and that it was it still so up. entertaining.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, I had forgot. I also like watching it now. Like, I agree with what you're saying, but like Joseph finds like why wasn't he more of a thing? like he's
2: yeah
1: good in the movie and he's so hot and like he's everything like he's great yeah. and uh, I don't I mean he still works but it's like he wasn't nominated he wasn't you know I don't I don't sort of get why he wasn't because he's great in the movie and I don't get why he didn't get more accolades and he's Ward. an Elizabeth in the same year yeah, like, yeah.
4: yeah he, he he just made a lot of I, I don't want to say bad choices but choices that uh people didn't respond to let me put yeah. it that I, way I wrote I
5: down I wrote down that it was a rom-com for theater nerds and I have to say that like as a theater nerd I found myself actually crying during parts of it just because I loved Shakespeare so much like yeah. you know, like, like it was like I'm, I'm telling you like it was not earned in any way by the characters it was just like as they were doing scenes from Romeo and Juliet I was like I love theater. It's it's like
3: collaboration.
1: (laughs) It's it's a full-on cheat. It's a full-on almost cheat that you're like. A lot of this movie is not the. It's Shakespeare, but and yet it's it's Tom Stoppard who wrote the screenplay. yeah, Yeah, and Mark Norman. Yeah, and they weave it in a way that's still connected to <sighs> what's going on between the characters. It's I, it's so well done. It doesn't feel like a cheat, but it
0: should and, be. A oh, but it, and, but, and every but, theater but, yeah, to
4: this day quotes um, the lines like somehow it all comes together. It's a mystery. Yeah, see, and, uh,
0: and it, that's the most like or too late. It, mm-hmm. It's so it's so written. Compared to the other, yeah, ones? The, the script is well. great.
3: Yeah. The script is great, and it's so clever. All these like allusions to so like clever. other things in Shakespeare's plays, like the you know the cross-dressing being allusion to Twelfth Night, which he ends up writing at the end of the play, and the little cameo by John Webster mentioning that he likes bloods and guts, and goes on to write the Duchess of Malfi, like like all these little like just little bits, and obviously that's such a Tom Stopper thing. Like he's done it in Arcadia, oh, but in,
5: just like you know Tom Wilkinson, Simon Callow, uh, yeah. like you oh, know every
0: actor,
4: every
5: rush, every, every oh, yeah. Rush. Every single actor, like, it was just so smart to be like, that That even Ben Affleck as Ned Allen, like, is He's fine. He's
2: awesome. I'm good. <laughs> I was good. I, was, I yeah. was
5: fine with it. I was like, yeah,
2: fine. I I, I still am in, in love
1: with the, the quick exchange of, well, the show must go on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. I am not a theater person at all. I probably read Hamlet in high school, and that was it. I think we did, in my freshman year, of high school, that's when the Romeo and Juliet Baz Luhrmann version was in theaters. Uh-huh. And me and my friends actively snuck out of that and went see Beavis of the Head do America instead. So <laughs> I have no context of any of these references. I'm just like, this is just a delightful movie. <laughs> I remember blindly hating this movie because I never saw it. And as, you know, as a straight male in the 90s, you love you love Saber Prime Ryan because all the boom booms and kills. But like once you kind of, you know, once you, like, you know, I'm in my 30s and you watch this movie, and you're just like, this is just really pleasant. Like, even, like, it's just pleasant. Uh, I, 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 I agree, mean. and I'm going to compare it. I I think
1: it's, even though they're different movies, it's like 1980 when Ordinary People won, and people then attacked it, the straight guys mm-hmm. attacked it because Raging Bull didn't win. Sorry. And as time <laughs> goes on, people yeah. appreciated Ordinary People more. That's and a great movie, too. I mean, they're both That's great, great right. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, I, I was will at
5: always the time,
2: Ordinary
5: people. <laughs> I, yeah, but there was at the time. And, you know, like, all you know, the Weinstein stuff aside, because I do think that's worth talking about as well, like that, yeah. mm-hmm. what that campaign looked like. And I was not there during that campaign, but what the campaigns were like at the time. But that aside, there was a feeling on the outside, if you were an outsider, that it was the girl verse, movie versus the boy movie. Oh, it, did, it did feel very gender. It was yeah, it was
3: I'm, was I'm, marked as holy as a Gwen Palcher rom com. And like I, I, I had an English teacher in school. That I was obsessed with, and I kind of thought, okay, Mr. Lane, fine, it's not, it can't be that good a movie. I didn't watch it till <laughs> I, was an, I didn't watch it till I was an adult, and then I watched it, I was going, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. And by that point, and but by, by that point, Gwyneth Paltrow's like stardom had definitely receded a lot. So I, it's definitely easier to appreciate the film on its own merits. Whereas at the time, I could see a lot of people would probably be a bit sour grapesy or whatever, just like about like oh, God, Gwyneth Paltrow in a rom-com doing accent, and I don't like her very much, and, I, you know, like, it, it's not her movie, actually, right, yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you're yeah. told, it's, it's her movie. It's a true exactly. ensemble.
4: And, exactly. I like I and I feel like her stardom started receding the moment she won the Oscar. I agree.
3: Yeah, I it was, it yeah.
0: was too early. I mean, the hard yeah. You've got...
5: You basically have Margot Tenenbaum after this, and that's yeah. it. Like there yeah. just isn't another. And and weirdly, this era where she was doing Emma and she was popping up like in Seven and Hard Eight, like mm-hmm. this is where she is the most interesting as a performer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then yeah. I yeah. think that like this is while I'll, why I'll never begrudge her like starting a lifestyle <laughs> website. I'm like, go do you do yeah. you, you know? Like, uh, it's just like she's just...
3: fine, but of, like limited range. I think
5: yeah, uh-huh. he's
3: not she's... her mother.
5: She's, um, no Blythe
0: she's, she's no black danner. No she's no black danner. But you know what when you said that this is so gendered and I agree that the Oscar race was like the thing that was struck me about the movie this time was how like gender bent it, it technically is and yet it's so heteronormative so I I <laughs> appreciate
4: the technical aspects of saving private ryan but I really don't think that movie is good and William Goldman actually wrote a scathing essay about it about you know how it's it's dressed up like a great prestige movie, but it's really just
2: full of flaws. I, I do still like saber and Ryan, but like for a movie that's like, oh, this is the dude's movie versus the girl's movie, that movie's flaws, it, it gets in its feelings. Mm-hmm.
4: This whole movie is about bringing a kid home to his mom and you never see that reunion. Yeah. Instead, you have this horrible framing device. You oh, I I like oh,
0: earned it. So, <laughs> Damn i hate framing devices in general so yeah. i'm always like no like, like saving
3: by ryan is really telling you what the emotional like you know, feeling just be feelings. I feel like in the case of Shakespeare and Love, like okay, so like the last scene, like absolutely destroys me every time. Whenever William is sitting down to write Twelfth Night and he's talking about like memories, yeah, 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 yeah. and it's and it's like it's the music and all that stuff. It's Joseph Fine's just gorgeous voice. It's like it's something about like escaping death and just her like walking off on that beach into the credits. I like, have bills just... right now. Exactly. <laughs> like,
5: Shakespeare in Love is is well done and it's emotional. It doesn't. Mm-hmm totally you know it doesn't it's not it's not Scorsese like it's not mm. you know what I mean like it's not yeah. technically groundbreaking the performances in it are not necessarily you know the you know they aren't necessarily virtuosic <laughs> virtuosic I mean, I,
3: everyone's you know, playing very it, broad.
5: But I but but I do feel like it is emotional in a way that Spielberg usually is. And I think mm-hmm. that was another hard blow that it was like, yeah, we're not connecting to your film, buddy. We're connecting to this one. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, and, and it just, I think that was like, also a little bit of it was just like, you don't, how can Steven Spielberg lose to a more emotional movie? Like, it, it <laughs> you know, like it's, it's very, I think it was just like this weird anom- anomaly that I think rightfully freaked everyone out. <laughs>
2: like, you yeah. know. So it doesn't over. mean yeah, it wasn't,
5: it, but it doesn't mean it wasn't well earned. That's what I'm trying
2: to say. That one not happen with Little Voice though. The movie had <laughs> to be good. <laughs> like it had it to be. Won good. a lot
4: of Globes. Yeah. That's
2: <laughs> <better for Michael laughs> right. I, Little Voice. I think with Little Voice,
3: my theory is that it's absolutely riding the wave of. Um, Full Monty. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. So it's, yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. It's, it's these it's these stories about like working class and provincial British life that are exported really successfully to America or just internationally. So it's like the Full Monty, Billy Elliot, Brass Doff. Like, uh, Although, ironically, Little Voice did not make like any money at all. It was kind of a flop across the board. So like, mm. I, I think its nomination is just that whoever was in charge of it just like got it into the right people. And I'm assuming it's the fifth place. Well, you and know, like, and also a, was
4: hot off
1: of Secret ex- ex- Exactly. Yeah. Before we move to Little Voice, because we literally talked about everything in Shakespeare in Love except yeah. for Judy Dench because... Yes. Oh my ex, god! And the deserving Yeah, you're right.
4: Well, she's freaking great, and yeah, I'm so great. happy she, she won. She reminds every scene. Yep.
1: Yep. Like, every I, I, is, when she comes on, so good when when it stops the movie, and like you forget in the best way that there's any other characters, and It it says something because I was going into this going I'm gonna be like cynical about oh eight minutes or whatever it was she she didn't get it for this because of Mrs Brown or there's other things that and but it is it says something about her performance that it resonates so strongly in eight or six or whatever minutes that she's on and it's such a honest funny. Performance and commanding, and like her gravitas, everything she brings to it, give her the Oscar. Yeah, and I She's still great. love Lynn Redgrave.
3: Yeah,
4: oh, yeah. Lynn Redgrave, I mean, her only competition with Lynn Redgrave, her, let's yeah. be honest.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. She wa- people are like, you know, how could she win? I'm like, watch these other movies. It's <laughs> with the exception of Lynn Redgrave, they're a drag. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So, like, it's interesting because, like, Judi Dench, like, is not actually that famous, like, as a film star at this point. Like, she'd only, she's made a few films over the past 30 years, uh, but not a lot and almost never the lead. And Mrs. Brown is, of course, like, her big, big, well, GoldenEye and Mrs golden Goldeneye, and mrs brown are like what really introduced her to like international audiences right and so yeah there's a bit of like this is kind of riding that wave but it's just really interesting because obviously this is sort of seen like a bit like it's like a legacy career win mm-hmm. even though like uh-huh. she actually doesn't really have a film career at this point like amongst her whole generation of actors like you know patrick stewart ian mckellen maggie smith like a lot of them actually only start to become problems at this point. Like Ian McKellen doesn't make a lot of movies before this Maggie Smith was like, and Julie Andrews are like the only ones that are like actually famous kind of for decades, right? For decades before. Yeah. And I think that
0: one
5: thing that I will say about this role as well is that it's a, it's kind of a, it's kind of an an example of of the script bolstering the performance as well. Meaning like
3: everyone shuts up.
5: Everybody shuts up, but like, okay. So the the whole conceit of this movie is fantasy, right? So you need one person, you need once one thing that's going to represent reality, right? So here we have Elizabeth I, who's a real person. We just watched a whole other movie about Elizabeth the same year, you know. So mm-hmm. we're we're all very culturally okay. Got it? Yes, Virgin Queen. We're here. But one thing that I thought was interesting in the rewatch was not just her performance because it's obviously stellar and she's a queen literally and figuratively in the movie, but she really is essentially the gravity of the movie. Like yeah. when she shows up, she's like, this is what is happening. You have to marry this guy. Yeah. This is how you will become Shakespeare. I want you to write Twelfth Night. Like she uh-huh. she is basically the thing that tells the audience, like, it's okay to take the flights of fantasy over here because there is a North Star or um a an anchor or a rudder to this movie that is you know um it's it's gonna take care of you or something it's like it, it, not take care of you but it's like you, you it's okay to enjoy yourself because the stakes and the realities will will come in when you when they need to so like there's something about the narrative use of the character that yeah. also I think helps you know so it's that perfect combination of like I can just see casting this movie and going like if we don't get Judy Dench this entire movie won't work like it's like like you cannot just have an unrecognizable british actress in that role you cannot have an 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 american actress in that role you can't have a too young of a person you can't have too funny of a person you can't have somebody that like she just hits everything perfectly and i also janelle came in thinking I, i i'm going to think that the other performances are better. Like I'm going to think this is an overrated performance, and I absolutely no. did not. I was like, "No, this." So is everyone. Everyone.
2: If and, you like this movie, she's a major reason why you like this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, although you know, and, and
1: Elsa, she's written in a way that you also everything that you're 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 saying Leslie, but it's also written in a way that it, it that you just adore her character mm-hmm. yeah. because she's the one. Who saves the day? at The way she's the one that that connection that what she says to her, like a, I know what it's like being a a woman in a man's world, and like it's all justified. It's all it's great. You just and
5: then, I just realized how similar it is to a Shakespeare play, by the way. Yeah, like yeah. Where, where the royalty just comes in and is like, "Hi, yeah. this is what's going on," and then leaves. You know, like, it's like You know, like, I just realized.
4: Well, Normalize also, I, awarding smaller performances. That's yeah. What, as because someone there, who that's thought the best the performance. Yeah. Last 100%. year, the, the best performance I saw on TV was probably Bill Camp in The Queen's Gambit, oh, and right. you know, like it's not uh, the showiest. It's not. Yeah. He's in like maybe Excellent. one segment of mm-hmm. uh of Queen's Gambit, and yet, and, and, he, and he does some of his best acting when he's not even there. When you just see her reacting mm-hmm. to the photos he kept of her. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I one thing I want to say about Judy Dunstra, we really have to move on or we're gonna run sure. out of time. Mm-hmm. Is is I yeah, love I mean, that all of these things are true, um, what Leslie is saying, what you're all saying. Um, but I also love that she punctures the sort of the, the preciousness of it yeah. and, and of the construction of the writing and everything. She punctures it with the with her line reading, you know, like too late, too late. Yeah. Or like <laughs>
3: that's when they, that's when they don't wear it out. <laughs>
0: yeah. like she, there's something about it that's just so matter of fact at the same time
3: that... i found her insight into like actual human nature just really touching and the thing that where everyone is like kind of acting as like a character of a person like the fact yeah. that she's like i'm used to, and even her of all people like at this point in her life when the facade has overtaken any humanity yeah. in queen elizabeth and it's like and she's used to just decades of like people fawning over her and just and you see it in the movie right where she says something witty and everyone goes ha ha ha, ha and she's yeah. empty. Just empty vassals, and like, but the fact that she still has these like shrewd insights into what people are actually like, um, I mm-hmm. thought that was just so well realized yeah. and delivered.
0: Uh, we still have two movies. We have to hurry let's up. No, <laughs> <laughs> Little voice, little voice. Let's do little voice. Come now. on, let's get it. I, know, I,
3: know I love Mitch Brenda wanted...
4: Blynn. I love Brenda Blynn.
3: <laughs> I don't know if I do. This movie is a mess. Like... I don't
1: know if I love Brenda Blethyn or if she was just an actress that at a time was shoved down our throats and we were told to love her. And now I'm watching this movie going, what? maybe she kind of like disappeared for. I mean, I don't know. This she's, she's,
3: she's currently starring on a TV show here and she's been doing it for like 10 years called Vera, where she plays DCI Vera Stanhope. So like a police officer. Is it good? I've I'd never heard of it before today, so <laughs> this it has been running for ten series, but like these crime shows can go for, you know Yeah. I think I think yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's something that like your mom watches and you know it's kind of shocking enough, but like not actually edgy. Well you
0: can't you have to at least give this to Brenda Blossom. and she's going for it.
2: Yeah, well, my my thing is like she's like She's a baby. This is like <laughs> I feel like this is like clearly a talented actress that is doing the best of what she can, but is giving, is pretty much directionless. Yeah. And, exactly it. and I guess it's supposed to, like, the. I think her performance works if you cared about anything else in the movie. I fucking didn't. No. So therefore, I'm just like, get on with it. Yeah, you're gonna, sh- I know you're gonna be like, show some remorse when things go a certain way, so you're not a total monster because those are how these movies work. But other than that, but she like, was. I, I felt assaulted. I
4: felt assaulted by her the way Michael Caine yeah. does. Like she's yeah. just yeah. in my face yeah. all over me. She's, you know, that that person at a rave with the pacifier yeah. and glow sticks, like in your face <laughs> the entire time.
0: You know, you always hear that with with stage to screen adaptations of like, oh, people are playing to the rafters or they haven't adjusted for the camera. But this, more than any time I've seen a stage to screen adaptation, it feels like she's still in the theater, mm. like yeah, like gesturally the performance. Mm. She's like she even like. Points to the ceiling and yeah. these weird things. Like yeah. it's just so chaotic. Like the if whole she was ride. doing
3: so much that I thought she's going to die halfway through, right? Because like <laughs> I can't take this level of intensity from a character, especially a supporting character, yeah. for the whole movie. Because it's like it'll throw the whole movie off. Like who's the lead? It's
1: mm-hmm. also not helped by the director. I mean, there's it's this director. The close-ups. It's like every shot so close. So the mugging and all of it is so in your face and no one's being helped by my favorite performance in the movie is jim broadman because of course sort of subtlety (laughs) within it but she with a bullet
4: subtlety with a bullet.
1: but nobody Mm -hmm. else yeah nobody Mm -hmm. else has it in this movie nobody is bothering to find any other layers it feels like they chose every take that was their biggest loudest and like they said, this one's for you, and and that's the take they used every time. There's no, her, they're they're not people. These are just one. Di- I can't imagine this was a good play. I, well, I uh... just
2: can't imagine
1: that this was an interesting play. It feels like. I don't know this, but it feels like it was written as a it was written as
3: a vehicle for Horrocks. That's what it feels (laughs) like,
1: and it's a bad vehicle. And should have just she has a great talent for mimicry. Just do a cabaret show. And Uh this this story is so bad. It's so I don't know what world we're in. This is do you know when we were <laughs> when and yeah did they? was it well, a record store i don't understand their home
2: i haven't i work at kind of work at a record store they do not it does, like i was like oh this is supposed to the only time you know it is if the in, exterior shows as yeah. a record store i'm like no it's a fucking house right i think so, it was
5: i think out of all of them felt the most weirdly i thought i would have you, I, if you'd asked me before I watched them, mm-hmm. I would have said this about Shakespeare in Love, mm-hmm. but actually this film met, felt more calculated, like yeah. the most calculated out of all of them. It was like, get that hot Ewan McGregor guy from Trainspotting, get mm-hmm. these, you know, get, get Michael Payne. like get mm-hmm. this like brand new chick from Ab fab that's like, Ab-Fab. you know, and he, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like. And then let's get Brenda Blethyn, who just two years ago, Mike Lee directed in a very similar performance, but it's a performance that is earth shattering. Like mm-hmm. in her, she plays this woman, mm-hmm. but she plays this woman in a way that initially you're so turned off by her and by like how like weird she is and how in your face she is. And then over the course of the film, because it's a well-written Mike Lee slightly improvised film you really do feel for her and it's asking interesting questions about like working class people and especially you know and race and all of these other things and it feels like they just hired her and said do that same thing but bigger Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like but with no
0: mike lee guiding her to no
5: mike lee with nothing and so it's like you got you got snubbed in 96 so give us the same performance in a supporting role and maybe you'll win you know what yeah. I mean like and, and it just felt like very I don't know if that's what her thought was but it was to me I could see the Miramaxing of it like the 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 kind of cold calculated mm-hmm. like we're gonna throw all this together and we're gonna make some money and it's mm. I think it's interesting that financially it didn't do well
0: yeah well, one thing I think that's strange about it is it's comedy but it's like the the humor is very mean-spirited like so I, I felt like we were la- we were You know, like, they say with the best comedies, you're laughing with the characters. But here, like, at least the humor around her is clearly you're laughing at her.
3: What's doing, like, honestly, a lot of the heavy lifting and the writing in the scenario is the setting. Like, Like, the North of England, like, it's kind of this mix of, like, Rust Belt America, right? Think that, but, like, with, like, the large characters of, like, the South like it's and it's quite regionalist, so it's like you yeah they have everything a lot of like drag queens draw on like northern aesthetics for like that like thing for it and it's doing um sorry i was, I was going to make a point about that but like um it's sort of like a lot of the hu- there's, a, there's a joke about british humor and like it's actually very insightful about this whole movie where it's like every single joke in british humor no matter what it's about is about class mm-hmm. and like that's kind of throughout this movie so everything is supposed to be about that and it's sort of like it's why sometimes it can seem mean spirited. this is a mean spirited movie, but like it's it's sort of trying stuff which there is like this tradition of it doesn't work though at all. Well-
4: and is it true that you come from these small towns and you do a cabaret show and you become world famous? Because <laughs> it seems like that's that's the next logical step for her. But she runs off. It's
1: the like an old dead. movie in that way.
3: Like, no, yeah. exactly. Well, this is so. This is a thing which, like, so like, and Jim Robbins actually toured around these clubs and like he's basing his character off like extensive research and hits the most real one in the movie. But I had this discussion once with like an American friend about A Star Is Born, where like A Star Is Born is like such an American story. This idea that like you can just come from nowhere and be a star and basically become royalty that doesn't exist in Britain like everyone is born and they are acutely aware of what their station is which is a it's a theme in Gods and Monsters everyone's acutely aware of what their station is in society and the order and maybe 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 you can inch type it up but fundamentally you always know where you sit and like that's kind of Oh, it's all bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we,
1: and, I, and I will say this after Leslie talked. I, I will uh, uh, take back my comment about Brenda Bluth. she was great in Secrets and Lies. She was. <laughs> uh, but uh, and the mean spirited thing. The weird thing is it is a mean spirited movie. And yet it also feels like a children's movie in a yeah. weird way. Like it's it, it like feels like it was made. Is it I don't know who it's made for, but it feels like it was either written by a child or made for children. None of the characters are th- they're all one dimensional. And I don't mind a vicious character, but we and and things don't even have to be likable. But we don't even know anybody's motivation. Like, why is she this way? Why? It's and and the father. But I think she was.
5: But I but I agree with you, Mitch. Because when you were saying, I, I have to say, like when you were going through, like kind of like, who is this actor? Like, I'm not. I don't think you're wrong. I think it's just that I just saw Secrets and Lies again recently like so i w- it was just kind of fresh in my mind of like yeah. but even when i first saw that movie i was like who this This one's annoying like what if, you know it's like it really <laughs> is like the shaping of that performance she maybe really commits to this woman and yes. then she's there's maybe it's the shaping of it as opposed to kind of because she does not navigate this movie well at all mm. like she she very clearly has like either been completely sent in the wrong direction or she's doing it herself like there's there's there, like and I think what you guys keep hitting on is she's not playing a real person.
2: And in yeah. Secrets
5: and Lies, it did feel like I was like, this this feels really big, but ultimately this is it. it, it the movie convinced me this was a real person. Yeah, and I agree.
3: yeah, it yeah. needed to be a more stylized movie because then at least the the inconsistent yeah. characterization would be good. But this... obviously doesn't. Yeah, oh, and that's, oh, no, think... no, no,
5: this is actually my c- criticism of Gods and Monsters, like, I, okay. is that I, I almost <clears throat> wanted it to be a little bit more stylized, like, like, more. as a big Ed Wood more. fan, I was kind mm-hmm. of like, I want this to be more than it is, it feels like, you know, like, obviously it's not as bad as Little Boys <laughs> at all, <laughs>
0: um. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you, Dash, sorry about that.
3: Oh, it's a great uh, thing gonna, it to Monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I really love Gods and Monsters. Monsters. I was afraid yeah, it wouldn't I was, hold up. I loved it.
4: I, I yeah, love it. it. I recognize there's problems, there's flaws, but I re—I actually. Re, and, I, and Ian McKellen should have won. Frank, and, and and frankly, he should have won. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I don't know if I should say this or not, but I remember telling him that, like, five years in an interview like you know five years after you know the the roberto benigni thing had worn off i was like i think a lot of people are really kicking themselves for not voting for you and he goes perhaps not quite hard
1: enough <laughs> <laughs> he would have been he would what have been the you? first he would have been because there's no openly gay L- right. openly gay yeah who's lgbtq actor he would have been the first one and he should have and what a great one and it's one
3: of it's one of only two times sort of depending how you count it where an LGBT actor has received an Oscar nomination for portraying an LGBT role and it's I I can clarify further but like basically the other one is like Jay Davison as Dill in The Crying Game which isn't ideal because it's it's a gay cis man playing a heterosexual trans woman that's why I'm saying LGBT and I don't really count Joel Grey as the MC because that character like has no inner life like it's just
0: it, you well, know and also oh, well, like he wasn't whenever people there. and yeah no. and whenever people try to do these like historical things they always bring up like lily tomlin and jodie foster and all these people i'm like but they weren't yeah, out no. at the time yeah. no no so but, have, but, but, but like, to Tom the Tom point but i'm saying
3: is, it's 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 an lgbt character actor playing an lgbt role because a lot gets yeah. made about straight actors playing lgbt and like mm. the valid sometimes tiresome discussion because it never really amounts to much but like it's it's so good. But I think, but I think so it's good. an
0: important discussion for the Oscars. So I agree is, that a lot of times it doesn't amount to much. But I mean, the, what I always go back to is 1997 when Rupert Everett was not nominated for My Best Friend's Wedding, but Greg Kinnear was for as good yeah. as it gets. And Greg Kinnear is oh, yeah. like playing up the gayness and like doing this sort of like very stereotypical performance, whereas Rupert Everett was just being as you want stars to be on camera. Yeah. And he was stole the whole movie and like. And to me, that's clear preju- It's prejudice yes. without realizing that it's prejudice. Yeah. So like, oh, he's just playing himself.
3: That, that's uh, what I mean by a good example of yeah. this
0: yeah. Leslie, I, I love what you were saying about the stylization because I think the parts of this movie where... I, I, I love the movie, but the parts of the movie where I think are most interesting are when when the old movies start bleeding into the mm. new movies. Yeah. yeah. Like when he I, has the dream where, uh, where he's operating on James Whale it's a great scene
5: it's so good I mean those were the sequences I enjoyed the most and I I do think it's a good movie the performances are stunning everybody everybody is good in it including Brendan Fraser which is really weird and I don't understand I don't understand what's going on there uh, the way that that what I would say is that I think my beef with this movie is that the direction is really good and the performances are really good but it won for script and i just kind of was like i don't know if i agree with that i I, a I very just,
3: simple script
5: it's a very simple script it's a very you know it's it's it, it leans on a couple archetypes that i don't love like you know it's it there's just certain aspects to it that feel amateurish if yeah. whereas like i feel like a for no offense to Bill Condon, but like if you like, I don't think Tim Burton is the right person to make this movie. But there's so many, so many parallels to um, Sunset Boulevard. There's so many things about it that I just felt like I want this to be just, 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 just a little bit of a lift here somehow. And I don't know, but but I, it's a very small beef that I have with it, and it's much more of like I think it's because. I wanted more from it and you know just sometimes when I watch just as a writer and I'm sure you guys feel this way too like when you're watching someone do what you do you're a little bit like I feel like this could have been er uh, you know like mm. I just I feel like this yeah. could have been peed up a little bit but I have to say the sequence the the, the dream sequences were the best part or not the dream sequences but the um uh fantasy sequences and the flashbacks I felt like were really well done and all of the, and, and Lynn Redgrave was incredible. Like, the performances were really good. Um, so it, it wasn't that I, like, I don't think the movie's a dud by any means. I would say that, like...
3: It uh, just uh, needed more money.
5: I think it needed, I think that's exactly it. It just needed, like, yeah. kind of something behind yeah. it that felt, you know, like, and, of course, like, LGBT, uh, LGBT um, uh, storylines, uh, sto- uh, films, especially in 1998, do not get money. You know, like, it just yeah. never, you know...
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, like a, its a weird small BBC Showtime co-production. Like, it's—it's—you know—it—it's amazing. It got the much like Mrs. Brown. Like, it's that same kind. Of, like, this is a film that was not meant to be seen at the level it was seen at, and it really lucked out. And I guess any success it has in that respect is a good thing, but in many ways like yeah with me like all the faults are technical like it's just like the cinematography was a bit rough at times the sets were very especially the very set sets like the bar were really cheap and awful yeah Um,
5: you know like if if you just keep again I kept thinking of Ed Wood I kept thinking of like when we when Hollywood makes movies about Hollywood like mm -hmm. how there's just this opportunity to like Mm. not just embrace it um because it's a good story but because it's you know stylistically what is it about and I don't know. It, it, maybe I'm wrong. I but mean, it's got no I mean, love until the Oscars, really. That's the thing that's
4: interesting with. And, and I remember I, I interviewed Bill Condon shortly after he won. And he said that he did not expect to win. He's terrified of public speaking. And if you go if you can go on YouTube and watch his speech, it's a beautiful moment because he said that it was it was late in the night that he was announced as the winner. And he said at that point, most people in the audience have not won. And they were a little bored and restless. <laughs> and so he looked out into the sea and he just saw faces of people kind of going like, just wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And he was so nervous about speaking. And then he honed in on Brandon Frazier, Lynn Redgrave and Ian McKellen. And if you see their face and he just looked at those faces and he just looked at their love and you see it on the on the Oscar telecast. You see a clip of them all together. And it's, it's so, so beautiful.
2: This is a first-time watch for me. I've never seen this cool. movie before. I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I always get this confused with apt pupil. Don't hit me, please. Because it's... it's Isn't it both Ian and McKellen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. in a young person? The I,
3: posters are kind of similar. Like, it's just yeah. Ian McKellen's face. They are.
2: Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, I never saw this. And I love... Lynn, Lynn Redgrave is great, but it's kind of when when ian's on screen it's kind of hard to remember that other actors exist exist to me yeah so yeah. that's why i can't i had to like literally like about two hours before we did it, had to rewatch just the scenes with her in it mm-hmm. so i can really get a grasp on it and i i think she's great i, I think this movie is great um i i would i did agree like the script was kind of Pretty basic, like the directing and uh, the acting, or heavy lifting, heavy. And I was, I looked up, and I was like, what? Else, what else was it nominated for? And the fact that one best screenplay, I mean, maybe it's like one of those things that's like, oh, we don't want to see homophobic, so we'll give you best script because <laughs> we're going to give it some other nerd, might as well do it because that's how Hollywood works. Yeah, so.
0: um, and I also think yeah. it's just like they liked the movie, obviously, and so it's like, yeah. oh, well, here's a place to reward it. And that's if exactly you what it is. And if you, do that aren't, with screenplay, if you, you aren't. aren't motivated yeah. to, in one of the other categories, although why yeah. they weren't in best actor, I'll never understand. Um,
3: but...
4: By the way, I just looked up the App Pupil poster and they do look a lot alike.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he a Nazi in App Pupil? Yeah, well? yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he, yeah. he maybe is or he isn't or maybe he's gay. It's that he has a terrible secret, but the movie is sort isn't it that he's sort of he's he is a Nazi, but like there's a bit of doubt in it. The yeah. thing I wrote
5: I down about Lynn Redgrave in this movie is um for my blurb was that I was like, I I, I don't know if I if I would ever want to be tasked with the job of of marrying, like, the tone between Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser. Like, like Mm -hmm. somehow, like, I think in a way she deserves the nomination, not just because it's it's well executed and it's a great supporting, but she actually seems, like, at... She seems to have a certain comfort level with both of them, and they're such opposite ends of the acting spectrum in terms of, of just their their tone like their attitudes their training like the types of characters that they're playing she she does she is a little bit of like a silent like not silent sorry but like the um kind of the the, a very like a little bit of like adhesive for the movie of of being able to move between both of their worlds and kind of guide us through the rest of the story. It was really she was it was really well done by her. Yeah, and I, yeah. I,
1: I think we'll also add that at least when I saw I mean Linda Redgrave was a bit of a revelation in this movie because she's I don't know of anything that she had ever done yeah. that would ever reveal that she yeah, could yeah. disappear in a character like this. And I mean she's a Georgie girl. She was nominated for that. She did a lot of sitcoms. She was never like her sister yeah. Vanessa right But this was like, oh, my God, Lynn Redgrave is a di- – of, even of all the performance, mm-hmm. of that, the, a different soul, a different human being. And also, I mean, I hate this because it's a trite expression, but she's, a, in a weird way, the heart of this movie. Like, she manages somehow to be judgmental and homophobic and stern and yet incredibly innocent and loyal and mm-hmm. supportive and loving. And you just love her. The scene where she's – and to your point, Rob, like the um, – that when Ian McKellen's on, you just pay attention to him. But when she's alone in those scenes with Brendan Fraser, where she's in the kitchen cracking the eggs mm-hmm. and looking at him mm-hmm. with disdain <laughs> and like calling him and using the word "bugger" and stuff like, you just—it's so there's such a naivete to it. It's, it's she's she just found the right tone for this movie. It's just a great performance. Even
3: I, to, I, even to be able to do a German accent, right? Which is kind of coded as comedy, right? Like it's it's always like a little bit comedic to be able to do it and, like, you're not laughing at it. Yeah, no. Like, because cause when she first, ter- she, first, she first turns up, they're going, oh, God, German maid with a cold, like, this yes. This could go south real quick. And then she, yeah, she becomes the most, <laughs> like, that scene when she, at the end, when they're dragging the body out of the pool, is fucking devastating. Yes. Oh. And when yeah, she puts I mean,
4: him back, oh. Yeah,
3: I and just, for a really mean,
4: lovely yeah. coda to, to this, like five years later, she did Kinsey with Bill Condon.
0: Mm-hmm. She comes
4: in at the end and just nails this oh, yeah. final scene mm-hmm. as, film, as a woman yeah. who realizes late in life she's a lesbian. And I think that oh. Bill
1: Condon is clearly a director who is so good with actors. So like yeah. Yeah. And they love yeah. Brendan, Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. but like brought out, mm-hmm. like knows, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's right. I agree with the screenplay. I wish could have been more. But Uh he clearly is a director who loves actors. And and I think
5: that's the thing that that does shine through in the movies, like kind of cohesive, like the the whole, it's like, I wish he were more stylistic. I wish he had kind of a technical point of view, but you're absolutely right that like very clearly the actors feel so safe in Mm. a way that the actors in Little Boys, you can tell, do not. Like they, Mm. they, they are all in different movies. Like they are all, going off and doing different things. Like, you know, and you're you're absolutely right. You can tell that everybody knows what movie they're everybody.
3: making.
1: And all the little parts, like the actress who played Elsa Lancaster, like everybody. Oh, uncanny. Her. uncanny, uncanny. What's the, uncanny and, yeah. and, and what's her name? Why am I blanking on her name in the bar? Who plays Oh, Lolita, oh, Lolita Vitovich. He's great. Yeah, oh, so good. it's great in it. Like, so they're all, good. like, I, I he's just want. great wants...
4: with actors. He, he directed Chris O'Donnell in Kinsey, and that was sort of the beginning of his mini comeback.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say I really love the bit whenever um whenever uh, uh, James gets like his invitation from like from George Cukor for the garden party of Princess Margaret and he's plucked over it. So like that's exactly my sense of humor just like old like old English gays getting really 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 plucked about minor snubs <laughs> about protocol. <laughs>
0: Well, and that mm-hmm. scene is so great with George kakor being yeah. like so, and then he said, "Oh, he's met queens before," which was yeah. so funny. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> so like uh, was- un unlike Little Voice, like the mean spirited jokes within Gods and Monsters are you're laughing with the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like,
3: oh, you're not Cecil Beaton. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: So we have to wrap up but i just want to thank my guests. and once more we had uh, dj rob champion where can people find you
2: you can follow me on instagram at uh dj rob champion all one word um there and i'm on letterbox uh there as well uh you can subscribe to the cool directo podcast wherever you get a uh, podcast
0: Thanks for joining us and uh, thank you to Dash Silva.
3: Uh, you can find me at Dash Silva on Twitter and Instagram, uh, D-A-S-H-I-E-L-L-S-I-L-V-A. And yeah, great to have, be here.
0: And Janelle Riley?
3: Uh, you can find me on all the socials
4: at Janelle Riley, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-R-I-L-E-Y. And uh, oh, over at the SAG-AFTRA Foundation channel on YouTube, I do most of their Q&A's.
0: Great. And uh, Mitch Silpa, thank you so much for joining us at at very short notice as well. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Uh, I guess uh, you can
1: find me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Mitch Silpa, S-I-L-P-A, Mitch Silpa Picks. And I'm on that evil Twitter. Um, uh, It's just at Mitch Silpa. And no one can see uh, Leslie's cat, but she. Oh, I
2: love (laughs) that cat. He
5: is. This is when this is it seems like he's being sweet, but really he's saying stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) and um you can find me on twitter uh leslie headland l-e-s-l-y-e-h-e-a-d-l-a-n-d and then on instagram um at very leslie headland um Mm -hmm. and you can come and check me out there and see pictures of the cat (laughs) thank you okay thank you everyone